All right, I'm really excited about smoking this joint today. Scent 420, Prodigium Ghost Train. It's been a little while. Again, I told Jordan if this puts him to sleep, I will beat him to death on this podcast. So Stay tuned. It's been nice Stay to know tuned. you guys. Stay tuned. How can Ghost Train put you to sleep? All right, but since you rolled it, you got to spark it. Well, I don't know. I guess theoretically, if you harvested late on that Ghost Train, it could have produced some CBN. That's putting me to sleep. Oh, so he's throwing the ball back to you. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you did with it. You <laughs> fucked it up, man. It's not him. <laughs> right. If you harvested it four days earlier, it would have been off the show. Damn. Hmm. Did you harvest this a little too late? Right. I could. I mean, it got to that point when I was working, when I was growing, I could tell if we harvested too late based on the effect of the smoke. That's all. Yeah, all of that is um, I don't know if I interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there's a very, there's a peak point of THC production. Right. And when the plant reaches that point, it begins converting THC into CBN. CBN is responsible for anti-anxiety, for uh, helping with sleep. It'll, I mean, that shit will put you right out. Like if I took a, if you took, you could take a strong sativa and let it go like ten days past harvest, and it'll suddenly become like a sleepy sativa. So is, what, uh, do C, do indicas have more CBN? Is that what you said? CBN. Some do. I mean, it definitely varies. Strain BN. Yeah, CBN. So if you had a heavy hitter like crescendo, because crescendo, man, if I if I smoke that at its prime, it puts me out like fucking a light. Would it increase it or does it make it? No, okay. It'll make it even more lethargic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't think, you know, to be the skeptic in the room, you don't think like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, you're tired that day or no, we did you these, smoked more weed than we, you did we, the other we day. We did the you actual took bigger hits studies time. at high level health. We had a oh, research yeah? and development uh, room dedicated oh, really? to all this stuff. Yeah. Because it's such it, a subjective thing. How high are you? Yeah. How tired are you? Well, this is like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's like super subjective. Actually, I think this study might have come out of uh, the University in Pueblo, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're the ones that actually figured this out. Like when you go past the peak harvest state, uh, it, the molecules actually start. Well, how do they tell? Is it like a survey? They do like a Yum. survey afterwards. You smoke it. And no, no, like, they're they're testing THC well, content uh, from different harvest states. So uh, you would you would and you like, could also test the CBN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, amount. So you could, okay. Yeah. Right. But then, how could you tell the effects of those chemicals on a person's brain? They get him in there, and they're like, "All right, Jordan, yeah. you yeah. smoke this." <laughs> He's asleep. <laughs> You know what I'm saying though? Like, like it's. I, I would think that it would be hard to tell the actual chemicals we, and the effects because you could only do it by survey. Yeah. And those are all really subjective qualities. How yeah. What'd you do you? that what day? Kind of that week. You? I mean, you, you know? could isolate these compounds, and then it. You know, it's the same way you can make a CBD crystal or uh, yeah. extraction of some sort. You can make right. CBN extraction. Well, like burn. a CBD, you could easily, you could more easily test. Like, does it? Does it help with healing or with uh, reduced cancer? Or do the same tests that but you do. But it's like the highness and the tiredness are all subjective. So I'm just saying. Well, yeah, be because this is what I've out. heard from people too. Like <coughs> some true. things yeah. that put me to bed, like motivate Don't for people. other people. Yeah. Right. So there's that too. Yeah. And I mean, the same shit happens with Adderall. Like mm -hmm. I've seen people that take Adderall yeah, the, and they're just like chilled out. I'm like, uh -huh. what's going on? Right. If I had half right. of that, well, that's why they use like Ritalin. Be right. fucking freaking out. Right. They use a mask to fucking calm down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Hyper ass kids yeah. or whatever. I never had right. Adderall. 
I never have either. When I was <coughs> no. young, I would. If I was younger, don't I would, use I would it. Have been you guys would love it too much. Uh, what do you do? You I use already it for have anything, stuff. or just I used to use it for writing. Uh, for writing music, specifically, I, I would only take it when we were driving, like on tour. Like that was that was my my. Uh, you know, reasoning for it because everybody else in the van had DUIs. So there was literally one tour where night. I had Everybody drive. else in I, the van every, had DUIs. Yeah. So there was, how many people? How, 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 four of us. How like, fortunate for them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah. We just get to chill. They're all relaxed in the van. Yeah. Like playing yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Smoking like cigarettes and shit. They did get, get just driven across the country to fucking California. We got fucking they get to sleep and wake up in a different city and shit so you use it to stay awake i used to yeah i was using it just to fucking <laughs> he's all make whacked out on fucking yeah. <laughs> oh it was bad that was when i got in a fight with my guitar player because i got to california and i i fucking lost my shit because i he woke up and just started smoking a cigarette in there and i was gonna i knew we were gonna lose the security d- deposit which was 500 bucks and oh, for the car you rented or yeah whatever. and then i i tried to calm down and not freak out and we got to to uh, San Diego, and we get into this little bar. We were just trying to kill a couple hours before the hotel opened so we could check in. And he's, like, talking to the bartender, like, man, this has been the shittiest trip. We've been eating nothing but cocaine and nachos this whole time. I haven't had real food. Can't sleep. I, and this asshole won't even let me smoke in the van. I was walking in the bar as he was saying that, so he didn't know I was... Like, it, yeah, that I was it, hearing right, it. Yeah, yeah. And I fucking, I shit you not, it was the weirdest experience. And I think it was because I had been up so long and been obviously taking Adderall to stay awake. I like blacked out and I just fucking went on this rampage and I was like, I was punching walls and shit. Did they I, get it on tape? Somebody had it on tape because I went by multiple businesses. I walked back to the van down by the beach and on the way there, a, a taxi almost hit me and I just started pounding on the fucking hood of the taxi. Oh my gosh. And I was walking by this restaurant. I shit you not, I was just like banging on the windows as I was walking by all pissed off. Fuck you people. <laughs> yeah, just like fuck everybody, <laughs> fuck the world. I got back to the van and when my band player just like came to me, I had literally like blacked out by the time I got to the van where I was like hitting the pavement with my fists and I wasn't even aware of like what I was doing and they found me and like my knuckles were all bloodied up and shit and I was just like fucking heaving and uh my guitar player's name was Jordan at the time too and he just like walked right past me and got in the van and started smoking a cigarette and I fucking lost it, and I went in back there, and I fucking grabbed him by the neck, and I just started wailing on him. And uh, my bass player had to pull me off and shit, and he just, like, flew straight back to Colorado after that. Oh, dang. <clears throat> we played the show, and then um, at, like, 2 in the morning, me and my drummer went down to the, the beach, and we were drinking vodka, and I was, like, waist deep in the water, and I blacked out. And uh, when I came to, it was like six in the morning, and I had just broken into some guy's house for a towel because I was wet and I needed to dry off. And apparently, that whole time, I had lost the keys to the van and the hotel room. So my drummer had spent like three hours looking for him, and I had like left him by a homeless encampment. So there were just all these people chilling around, and I left him in my shoe right in the middle of them. And he ended up finding it, and then he found me with this dude, like, holding on to my wrist, yelling, like, give me my fucking towel back. I just want my towel. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I apparently just waltzed right into his house, into his bathroom, took a towel off and walked back out. And as we were dipping out down this alleyway, the cops that were looking for me like passed us by and shit. It was, it was nuts. And that's They're why like, I don't walking. do Adderall. <laughs> yeah. And also why I don't leave my door unlocked. It's also why I don't drink heavily anymore. Yeah, think of that lifestyle. It would be horrible Like as far as on a regular. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I bet that's where a lot of people... I mean, think of how many people like to some degree... You know, they were doing something in that same manner and then just kept going down, though, that direction. They're the ones yeah. that are in those homeless encampments, you know, to some degree where you just you snap and then you can't get reeled back. So you just keep going further down that. Yeah. You know, like it's like the more sleep hole. deprived you come, the more likely you are, you are to make bad choices. So then you just get stuck in that cycle. Yeah. Well, right. Sleep deprivation and isolation are the two, like, you know, like punishments that they do, you know, like torture that are super effective. Sleep deprivation, what? What was the other one? Isolation. Mm, Right. Yeah. You know, in prisons, like, that's the worst punishment. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty high, too. Very high. Yeah, good. That hit me very quickly this time. Telling you that prodigium does not fuck around. It does not disappoint. It's like if I was gonna date a plant, prodigium would be the one because she always treats you right. She's pretty fucking tasty. Looks good. <laughs> I mean, easy to get along with. You guys will be into this high note like that. That's pretty goddamn good. I feel pretty. She kind of punched me in the face for a second, though. Yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the ghost train part of it. Mm -hmm. It's doing that. But. I feel like I want to roll now. (laughs) That story is pretty insane, though. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're the dude who owns the towel? Dude, just give me my fucking towel. <laughs> and black and out's a crazy thing. <clears throat> that's, my, that's my wife's set. I got her that for... Yeah. Her great-grandma gave her that. It's so weird. Yeah, some I, random guy took a towel out of my house. I would just, <laughs> I mean, I'd just let him go. Like, yeah. if he was leaving. You know, especially if he was leaving. Right. Like, you just go yeah, ahead. because the towels I got were, like, pretty average. Yeah. I'd be like, okay. Here, dude, here's another one. Right, just, yeah. Just like, go, you know, go somewhere else. What I want to know was, did I go through, like, the front door? Was there a back door? Why was it unlocked did i go through a fucking window like i don't that's i don't know how i got in i don't know how i got out and i don't have like any recollection of being in that house but i remember the towel i remember coming to and him yelling at me and were you drunk too at the time or was it just like mostly sleep i mean i think the booze had worn off yeah i think i was just so fucking sleep deprived that i it was like my and then the Adderall was just keeping you going so yeah zombie yeah mode. it was like right. keeping my body going but my yeah. brain was shut off mm-hmm. yeah it was weird yeah um, you know I, I saw someone blackout recently like we were at a show and she came up to us and was like yo I'm, I'm leaving or man no no she was like I'm gonna get a drink you know we had just got there show was starting I think it was actually stick figure hmm. um, or maybe it was um uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I can't remember. Um, so she's like, yo, I'm going to get a drink. You know, you guys want something? We were like, no, we're all right. And then she's gone for like a really long time. And we're like, where is she? You know? 
and we started to get like a little worried about her. Maybe maybe we called her, like her friend called her, and she was like, uh, "The show's over. Where are you guys?" And we're like, "What are you talking about?" You know, and she had like gone home. She thought the show was over, and uh, and it was so she drinks and like blacks out. Oh no shit! Yeah, and so then you're like talking to like some robot version of somebody. You know, it's weird. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like my dad, like the dementia thing. How I often, what I'm starting to think is like it. it what makes me kind of like. What's maybe the most depressing thing about it is that it like turns someone, you realize that like we're robots, you know, and it's just like a dysfunction, like dysfunction, dis, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just like can't do something, like remember something. But or. do you think he's like, do you think he's in another world though? You know what I'm saying? Like, that too. Where yeah, where does that go? Where right. he's um, <laughs> possibly even actively enjoying it. Well, he he does have a, a kind that like is a lots lots of hallucinations, mm-hmm. you know. So he is like in a whole other world. Like yeah. he has a whole different experience. But do you think him. he's interacting in it, or do you think it's kind of like colliding? You know what I'm saying? Because if you're interacting in it, then it might not be as bad as we think. Because then we're just thinking about it from our perspective. Right. right. Well, it turns but, into one of those movies where like your whole life is lived, and then at the end, it turns out you're like in a mental institution, <laughs> or like, <laughs> you wake up. You know I mean? like, and they're like, "No, you've been here for thirty <laughs> years." Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That like Shutter Island. Be um, That'd be like the yeah. Twilight Zone, right? right? But yeah, I mean, I think he's he's like a he's interacting. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like lights off. It's not that. Yeah. But but black and out's somewhat similar. You know, I've known a few people. And they'll they'll be like a different person, for mm-hmm. instance, when they drink or whatever, drink a lot. So you do know? you think like would you <clears throat> this is kind of a weird question. Like because if they're cool, let's say they're really cool when they're blackout drunk. Like <laughs> right. would you <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's would you hang that's out their with cool them? personality. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> all right, so Is this, that how it usually goes though? That this was I don't know. that was the dichotomy <laughs> When I when I had that blackout, it was ironic because my drummer was with me, and he's usually the one that would black out, and I would have to take care of him. So this was like the one time where the script was reversed. But when I I lived with him for three years, and it there was not like I could count probably on my two hands the number of times I saw him actually sober, mm-hmm. and uh, like I would just watch him go on these benders. And it got so bad by the third year that I was living with him that he started seeing shadow people in the house. Just off drinking. Yeah, just from, wow. yeah, but being awake like four nights in a row. <laughs> and <laughs> that fourth night, he's like so sleep deprived that, that he starts. that sounds like meth or something. Yeah, well, yeah. it got there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, for that first like two years, though, he it was like Drew. It was like, that, that was Drew. And then when he was sober, he was Andrew. And it was like, it, it, actually, it was reverse. It was when he got drunk, he was Andrew. And normally he'd call himself Drew. But uh, when he get drunk, he'd be like, Andrew's here. And we'd be like, oh, shit. And then he'd, he'd like go full party mode. And never like he was like the life of the party and shit. And then at some point, by like day two or day three, he starts becoming the asshole. And he's like, can't, can't speak a sentence. Like, yeah. <clears throat> When Obama was in town, he got wrapped up by security service on his way home from work. They thought he was trying to, 
like get to Obama or something. He jumped, <laughs> he jumped this wall, and they they fucking wrapped him up, and they had him in an interrogation room for like four hours until he finally sobered up, and they realized that he was just wasted, and they just sent him on <laughs> his like way. Like accidentally, like yeah. just across the wrong wall. Yep. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend that I had a friend that like so he got like way into drugs, you know, and he just didn't exist anymore he was but like what kind like of drugs meth okay uh ghb fucking Damn. everything what is ghb um it's like a liquid uh-huh. that, like date rape don't they i don't know it was like a thing when i was in early high school so i i did it a bunch because some mm-hmm. friends were into it it mm-hmm. made you feel drunk okay you know and you take like a so like slurry like and, full, yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it was like kind of euphoric feeling um, and, and if you did a lot, you would be unconscious and like unwake upable. Like I had some friends that would do it so much that I was at their house one day and this dude did, he, he would do it regularly. This is the same guy I'm talking about, mm-hmm. dude. He would just like be just, you know, dead and you would wake him up and shake him and nothing. And they literally put him like in the couch. They like lifted the bottoms and then he was like in the couch and they just like left him there. <laughs> Another time I remember he was in the car. They were like, fuck with him. He was all passed out. They like pulled his pants down. And then he was just passed out in this car, you know, for like, you know, like hours. It's weird, though. It's kind of scary, too, because you shake him and there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. But anyway, like, the last time I saw him before he has, like, reformed, and now he's, like, going to engineering school. He was one of the smartest people I had known. And I, I went to his house, and uh, he had a friend there that was the first person I ever heard of DMT. And this guy would, like, smoke DMT all the time. He All he ever wore were long socks. He wouldn't wear shoes. And they would always be, like, hanging off. Like six inches <laughs> off, you know, and he just walked around like that all the time. And he was no like, shoes, no shoes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's my yeah, style, yeah. man. And uh, so then I go upstairs and I see my friend, and he's like, uh, so um, my my son's mom, her mom, his grandma, had a store back in the day where they sold like cool crafts and stuff uh, in Cherry Creek. And so he's like, hey, I want to tell you know this lady about I make can I'm making candles now. Uh, you know, I want to, like, do some festivals and stuff. And I was like, oh, cool, you know, and he's like, let me show you, you know. So I go up to his room and, like, you know, on the table he had, like, a it was a pile of wax. He had, like, taken a candle and lit it and then just, like, dripped it into this pile and he put, like, a kind of a wick was, like, kind of in it. <laughs> and it was, like, it was crazy. I was like, oh, my God, this dude is, like, gone. He, like, he's gone. <laughs> and when it was young, like, when he was in, when some super young age, he was reading like Grapes of Wrath. I remember it was in, the, in his dad's car and it's a thick ass book. We were in middle school or something. And he was like crazy smart, but he just went off know, the deep end. You know, off the fucking rails, yeah. But did he get reformed? Yeah, now he's like, yeah, like he, he's, you know, he's invented something. He wants to, get, he's doing like space engineering. Mm-hmm. He wants to get into that. Yeah. See, that's, so, mm. I think that's the thing though. It's like, if you can recover from something like that, it's yeah, a pretty yeah. it is like really cool. yeah. you know mm-hmm. great experience. Yeah, but how many yeah, yeah, people yeah. recover from it versus uh, get consumed yeah, by it? Right. You know, I wish I had, like knew him well enough. It'd be great to hear that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I suppose I could. But I just never see him. You know. Right. But yeah, well, you know, like what do you learn from that? Being like all the way deep end drug mm-hmm. addict to like, and he's he has a daughter now. Or, a son that he like takes care of, you know, yeah. um, almost exclusively. So yeah, yeah. I would be afraid of that because, you know, that's why I don't do a lot of shit. 
It's because I think about it and I'm like, man, I might like that too much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of stuff. Like I haven't really ever done any pills. Um, like, I mean, Coke I did a couple times. Mm-hmm. You know, never done meth. I guess I did um, crank, mm-hmm. right? So was crank like pre-meth? Is that yeah. like kind of junky meth? I think it's similar, or? but... Yeah. It might be meth, yeah, or meth and coke or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be because it had a like lot. An amphetamine of some sort. Yeah, right? it had a lot of names like ice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that might have been one, Craig. I wonder. So uh-huh. yeah, it was by accident. My right. friend handed me a bullet, <laughs> and you know, so I hit it, and that shit burned so bad. Hmm. And then he told me what it was. That's it, fucked up. Yeah. To do that to someone. <laughs> it was, you know, I just don't like that jittery idea. feeling. You know, like uh-huh. people would, you know, a lot of uh, back in the day, what would people take? It was like to work out. Um, hmm. Do you guys remember what that shit was that would really amp you up? Everybody was taking it. I don't know. Shit, what was it called? Yeah. Was it anyway. legal? Was it legal? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, for a while. Hmm. I think they took it off the market because it was pretty... Um, hmm maybe overly effective, getting right. your heart rate up. But I did that stuff one time, and it was fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that jittery, racy, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety feeling. Yeah. You ever done uh, ecstasy? Mm-mm. Yeah? Have you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one's a crazy one. When I when I did meth, I felt like I'd only done it a few couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a little bit of the X thing with the jittery kind of coke aspect. Yeah. Um, but I always found that X experience really interesting. Like, it is on some psychedelic type. Like, you could almost put it in that range. I'm, I'm like a totally different person. All of a sudden, I see the world as, like, perfectly aligned. Can it do that? <laughs> that's how it depends that's what on what version you get, too, though, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so nowadays, it's all dirty and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I guess if you're talking, like, pure MDMA, though, that's right. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it totally changes my perspective of reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, I, I even heard this quote recently. I can't redo the quote because it was so dope, but it was like, uh, he said it was his, his life's like when he's in his highest moments, he says it's like an enchanted garden. Everything makes sense, everything's there for meaning, you know, and he was like some kind of scientist or something. So he was like, when I'm, you know, figuring something out in the lab and then I figure it out. Uh, he like was so inspired he wants to tell his friends and like just talk about it he's like in those moments the world's like it makes sense it's meaning and purposeful and and then he has like his more often he says depressed state where uh, nothing's there for a reason there's no reason mm-hmm. it's just matter and stuff and experiences and struggle and you know and and he and he says at the end it's like you know those stair illusions, <laughs> um, like you can see the stairs either way, you know what I mean? Like it's either it looks like oh, yeah. you could go like up the them, or yeah, 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 or you mm-hmm. just flip your eyes and it looks like, like concave or convex, or whatever. And so he's like, which one's real? He can't say which one the real world is. And like X does that to me. It shows, you know, I mean, I get those experiences too, the higher moments. But when I do it, it's like everything makes so much sense. So, you know, I had this thought on that, right, um, a while back. And I was laughing because you just reminded me of it. So tell me what you think of this. So like there's a reason why I don't like to experience that, Mm. that, you know, like euphoric 
Mm. Everything is cool. Mm. And it was something that I had to come to terms with. And that's because I really enjoy conflict. Like just observing it, not necessarily being part of it. And so when people would tell me that, you know, it makes you all like relaxed and calm and everything's, you know, like almost touchy and kind of lovey. I'm like, well, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be in that place because I think I'm really vulnerable in that spot, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And so that well, idea of with... vulnerability is mm-hmm. kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, at least at this stage in my life, it's hard for me to want to create those vulnerabilities or do, be do you, part of those. Do you ever, do you ever fear that like the older you get, you get like, this is how I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I get, uh, I have um, built up structures that my mind just kind of like runs in, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? And sometimes I fear that I don't want to do, because I have that feeling too. Like I don't want to like give up, because you are giving up, like, you know, you take mushrooms, mm-hmm. maybe the most extreme example. There is a thing about having to like let go, mm-hmm. right? Like If and, you go deep. Right, if right? you go deep, yeah. So that whole thing exists on all uh, kinds surrender. of levels. But so for me, like I often don't want to go there because it's like, uh, well, I fear that sometimes I'm, I'm too comfortable in my structures I've built in my mm-hmm. head and my habits yeah. that I don't want to like see other ways of being, you know what I mean? Because it is vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Because from a minute, all of your defenses are broken down, mm-hmm. right? Um, to think, it's almost back to the dementia thing, to think that like your brain or like blacking out could just take over is a scary thought, that you don't have uh, independence, right? There's no will, things mm-hmm. happen to you and stuff, you know? Yeah, so you ever think that, like that's why you feel that way, like why you wouldn't want to do something is because of like something like that? Well, I like to ride the line. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, if I'm tripping, I like to be close, but I like to have, um, you know, way back, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. for me, that's because it allows me to push it, but to jump over to that other side, you know, I've done it a few times, but I've never really had a bad trip. And I don't know if I've ever gone super deep, but I've taken like four hits of acid at one time. And, um, I like probably quarter and an eighth of mushrooms was probably my, you know, biggest trip. So, you know, pretty good, mm-hmm. but I could always like mm-hmm. see behind me. You know what I'm saying? There was always like some level of, you know, um, comfort in, mm-hmm. you can get your way back. It doesn't have to be given, but you can get your way back. You can mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. your way through that. And so, yeah, it's always been like a, I don't know, like, I like change, but I don't know if I want change that quick. Exactly. That's, like, that's I, I want, mm-hmm. like, to experience some of the struggle along the way. and Just in life in general? Yeah. Like, you're, what, what does that mean, though? You think it's going to take it away somehow? Like, you can't take away the struggle. Well, right, right, but, you know, a big profound change might not necessarily be, you know, the change that you need. You know what I'm saying? I think that a lot of times yeah. it's the process of the change that, that what you're trying to learn from. I think that's the danger of psychedelics, mm-hmm. honestly, is that you could give up your, you abdicate or whatever, mm-hmm. your um, will, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> what, what? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you just reminded me of some silly shit. Um, yeah, I went so deep one time on a camping trip that I flipped out on everybody because they were throwing trash everywhere. <clears throat> and I had this like experience right before that where I was like sitting on a tree stump, and I was just kind of breathing in and out with nature. And I put my hand on the branch, and I started feeling like all this pain like we were doing all this terrible shit to the planet you know and i like turn around and i just see everybody just like breaking bottles and shit all over the place so it's like everybody start picking your shit up right now <laughs> i just started fucking flipping out i was like we're gonna fucking clean this shit up and we're getting the fuck out of here and i went back to pueblo and i quit my job because i was like we're polluting the fucking planet <laughs> with all this trash and shit at the restaurant i went and told my parents i was quitting my job i was like i'm gonna walk to peru i was like dead set on walking to like get to machu picchu like that was that was my whole goal and uh my parents told me to take a couple days and chill uh and then my, my and then i had this yeah, encounter with the gang long. that like <laughs> this guy like pulled a shotgun on me and then they fucking ended up getting hemmed up by the police and my mom was like maybe you should think about like going to school or something and hmm. uh she offered to help me move to denver and that was like that changed the whole route of huh. things but yeah i got hmm. i got yeah. i got pretty deep in on the mushrooms for a minute there and I was probably was that like oh, the last one? I think are, I was you, too young to be going that deep. Was, uh, was, was, was are you the saying problem. that that like you were doing a bunch of experiences before, and then that was like kind of the last one that like? Oh, I, I didn't really stop. Like right. that was the. Mm. But you see, that's like the the thing is that the change that you make from it is too radical to yeah. it collides with real life. You know what I'm saying? And I think they both need to exist and I think, together. I think we also don't have uh, the practices to use the mushroom in the right way. Well, like, there you go. You know, right? we, don't, we don't know right what we're way. doing. We're all just yeah. like, oh, what's this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and who knows what that is, mm -hmm. right? And it's so powerful. I mean, I think I ate like five grams and I was, you know, 18 at the time. So yeah. I, I did a lot. I in, shit about the world. You know, yeah. I did a lot back then too. Yeah. Like I did, you know, that's, you know, I got locked up in, you know, fucking mental institutions because of, you mm -hmm. know, too much psychedelics or whatever but <laughs> and then but what's interesting too is when i got older i had a whole redo of my relationship with yeah. psychedelics isn't that um, rough though mm -hmm. like but it's necessary to go through that if that's your mm -hmm. yeah if that's your path mm -hmm. you got to go yeah. through that shit mm -hmm. um yeah you know i don't know if i can relate it to this i, I was reading this thing this morning like um uh this new carl jung book i got and he was talking about He's talking about the God image, whatever that means. But he was like talking about there's like the old school one, the Yahweh God. Then there's like the Christ one. And then there's like a personal experience, the psychological God. And it's the hardest for me to understand what he's saying. But he let, he's put in a few experiences from his clients and then some experiences he had. And, and one aspect of it was it's like this thing that he says whenever. I wish I could remember quotes. That's, you know, I never, I, my brain just doesn't not work that way. <laughs> and I never do. I can only remember just to things. You, you just know? gave up. You didn't even try that either. <laughs> but he says, um, right, but he says like, when, whenever some things come that happen to you that you didn't, that aren't your will, that are surprises. When life comes at you as surprises and like, um, that that's when you, that's your like, ex, uh, an experience of God. Um, things that like disrupt, like, um, 
problems you have uh, internally and things like that. Um, and it makes me think like some of the, because I had things like that with psychedelics too, where I was overusing it and it was too much. But at the same time, it like made the universe like intercede on my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, you know, my experience was I got like locked up and stuff and whatever happened through all that. Um, that was like the world being like, yo, like, you know, I don't know what it does. It's almost like you call like an experience like, like yours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like you make that shit. And, and then maybe psychedelics do that better than alcohol. There's you a know. good chance I would have kept working that job and not moved to Denver had right. I not had that experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because you kind of open up to like, hey, universe, like maybe use the help here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it probably usually is a sucky experience, too, when that happens. Well, sometimes it, you, know, you need it. Mm, you know, if yeah. you're not going to, I mean, if you're not going to listen or if you're, you know, in that case, it's more like you're young, I think. Mm. When you're young, you mm-hmm. fucking... You need ass kicking somewhere along the lines, and so if you're not getting it in one place, yeah. and then you know, especially you need nowadays to get it too, in another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the total lack of structure and of like fucking what I do with my life, and then at that age, you know, you need something, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I mean, maybe that's a part of life is you have to go through that too at that age, but yeah. Well, you got to figure mm-hmm. it out. I think that, you know, um, I think a lot of people who have it safe, right? They go through it and there's no challenge in that, you know, age range. For me, that's how it was. Like, if I would have stayed coarse, man, I'd be soft as fuck. I'd be, you know, mm-hmm. like really in a, you know, different mindset because it was too easy growing up. Excuse me, man. I was going to fucking choke on cottonmouth. <laughs> <laughs> so um, joining the military is kind of where mm-hmm. I had to get it. Mm-hmm. but. Yeah. You know, people who coast and then they go to college and then they get their career. Oftentimes you see that build and then they just start to fucking, mm-hmm. you know, explode at the seams. Mm-hmm. Right. When we get it out kind of young and you get to experience that, you know, radical shift, whatever it might be, then I think you start to um, get more comfortable riding that line, getting close to it because it's nice to be on the verge of a radical shift, but not necessarily jumping into the radical shift because again, there's so much collision of what, Mm. you know, that change needs to be with Mm. what's currently happening in your life or the, or the circumstances environment. Mm -hmm. And so the more that you can, you know, direct it where they come together versus, you know, clash, I think, you know, the more, um, the more success you're going to have. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because the ones who, who do the crash, it's almost like a flip, right? Mm-hmm. Are they going to make it through it or are they going to fucking be consumed by it, mm-hmm. right? Like rock singers or something. Anybody, man. Just mm-hmm. anybody who fucking just your, you know, normal hedge fund guy who's making mm-hmm. a shitload of money. But then again, the stress of the work and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it could go both ways, right? Like you could either, you know, like you're saying, like too much new, too much radical change, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's the same progressive versus conservative thing. It's like too much new shit versus old shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's like, um, um, yeah, because that's, that's change. That's what that is. Right. Like progression is change. And then the, the other one's like stability. It's right. old, stable, right? 
It works. It works. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's a similar thing. Like, I guess maybe, like we've said before a lot, like, you know, you, you got to keep growing. So you're, you're on the edge of, of new and what's creative and novel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you got to have that to grow, but at the same time, you can't do too much. And psychedelics can be like way too much. Mm-hmm. It can yeah. be, right? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think they can, you know, alter courses. But then, again, when you start to come out of that initial like enthusiasm for that change, and you see how it's really going to operate, and it's kind of like, oh shit, it's <laughs> a whole different idea of how I thought this was going to come together, right? Mm-hmm. We see that happen a lot mm-hmm. with people who, for whatever, whether they, um, you know, had a heart attack or whatever that profound, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. statement. But again, I think the older that you have those, you know, the later in life or the more, you know, directed you are into something right so maybe your career i think the harder it is to recover from that change when you're young and you go through that radical you know mm-hmm. shift mm-hmm. you've been there before so you kind of know okay well mm-hmm. i survived this what what did i do you know to get through mm-hmm. that kind of thing and again you're much i think more likely to not fucking lose your yeah. shit but I, man, I don't know. Because you'd be like more malleable. Like, why does age? Is it because you're just set well, in your ways? Because for a longer if you time? haven't experienced something really bad, look at COVID. COVID is a fucking shining example of this. Look at how many people literally fucking surrender to it, right? Out of fear. I mean, literally, you have people that are bragging about getting their booster shots and they were only sick for two days after getting their booster shots, right? I mean, this is insanity of how it's been just portrayed. I'm not saying that that's the wrong way. I'm just saying it's they've surrendered into masks and things that it's like, come on, it's not going to protect you. That's not that's not the answer um, or the answer in its entirety. That might be a component. Where was I going with this? What were we fucking talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, too much change, too fast. Do it when you're young. It's better when you're yeah, young. Yeah, why is the age why, why is it to, matter? Yeah, yeah so, so you look at all of these people flipping the fuck out, right? And they, this isn't really that difficult. We just haven't dealt with super difficult things Mm -hmm. in this country. And so you see these radical reactions to something that if Mm -hmm. logic was put into place, there'd be a much more manageable and less destructive response than what we had. And we changed and reacted so fast that we don't even understand the repercussions of the things that we've done, right? It's like taking an experimental, you know, um, medication, hey, Maybe it's the thing to do, but nobody even weighed that out for themselves because it was pounded into them that this is the answer, right, to the problem. And so everybody who jumped on board that was like doing it out of coercion or out of fear, that's their reaction to some adversity, you know, and there's a vast majority of people who reacted versus responded. I know several people who 
got vaccinated who were like, yeah, I weighed it out. This was the right thing for me. This is the right thing for my family. And this is why I did it. But they did it out of understanding, you, you know what I'm saying, the situation and, and looking at the situation. And so when you're younger and you go through extreme changes, you're, you're much more resilient when you're younger, right? And so I think when you have that that experience then, since you've experienced it, you're not as freaked out by that big disruption in your, you know, in your life, right? Yeah, maybe when you're older too, like things, you have things that can fall apart. Right. You like lose more stuff. Right. More, yeah, there's, there's more, more of a cost. There's more things to, to be mm-hmm. destroyed. <laughs> yeah. What if too though, like what if, uh, uh, like those things also just come to us too. There's like midlife, you know, like uh, there's crises that just happen, even to the most together people sure. at every age, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's even, you know, that's interesting. What's, what about like, it's interesting that how alike we are on age. Like how many people go through the same thing when they're like a 35? You know, there's like a pattern to that, mm-hmm. to 55, right? It's like, oh, you know, and then you can like relate to people at that age. And you're like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, that gets into some, like, woo stuff, like astrological kind of ideas, but that we, like, go through, like, patterns at certain ages. And there could even be, you know, like, crises that are part of that, that mm-hmm. come with an age. A crisis comes, like, with definitely high school, mm-hmm. at least in our culture. I don't know how, like, universal that is. I wonder about that. Mm-hmm. Like, if we had more, you know, uh, what do they call those, like, rites of passage for, like, boys and stuff and, you know. Yeah, um, sure. And, like, I don't know. Some Dude, sort that's of what a, the Army was. It, sure, it was a rite that, of passage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. legitimately, that's mm-hmm. why yeah. those things, something yeah. is important that you go through right. and I don't trial. Know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what to do with, with my son. Mm-hmm. You know, he needs stuff like that. And yeah. I'm like, man. All kids you know, do. I know. And uh, yeah. And Women I, do too. You know? yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it might not be in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's a weird experience. Like having the experience of having a young girl and a young boy in my mm-hmm. house now. Like... The, the girl, she's 10. I feel like a lot of that stuff just comes absolutely naturally to her. Mm-hmm. She like, she brings people together. She's happy to see people. She knows how to be polite. She knows how to, she's the one that wants, she's like, oh, we should, you know, we should put up Christmas lights. We should do this together. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and she's the one that's like happy to, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of things that the boy has struggles with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> he does. Like, like, but, um, he's you know. a little introverted. He's yeah, a little yeah. Like, and like a, us, uh, a hard way, he's not good at, you know, we get together as a family and uh-huh. he's like over at the side now. Uh-huh. He's like on the couch by himself or whatever. And uh-huh. he's not like interacting if there's no other kids there, which maybe is normal too. Sure. It used to be me. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I was I was like that too. So I got, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so awkward and all that. But it is interesting not to be somewhat of a random point that, I, yeah. that I've been experiencing is just how, at least in my situation, you know, with the kids that I, that I am around, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much Jade is like... Um, naturally does the, like she seems like a mother already to me mm-hmm. like she likes to take care of people cook she asks how you are you she was worried about my knee she was mm-hmm. like super worried about it going to bed all like upset 
<laughs> and then Phoenix, like the next day, Phoenix, like he didn't even ask me how I was. Literally, <laughs> the day I came home from surgery, he didn't. He forgot that I was like, you know. And then like later in the day, like at dinner, both of them were like, Phoenix hasn't even asked you, you know. Like, yeah, you know? And then like when he sees me limping, then he's like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So those are just the differences. So you said you could actually uh, yeah. walk. You could walk right the away. Same day, so did yeah, you yeah. pretend that you were limping to you sure. emphasize well, the limping? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was limping that day. They had it all wrapped up too, so your legs like totally straight. You know, it was like really wrapped up. Yeah, that's funny shit. Yeah, but but yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, all, how do you get them to interact, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have the structures. I feel like. Uh, you know, to like give to him, to like mm -hmm. be like, oh, this is a way to be, a way to, you know, and to have things for him to do, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, jujitsu, you know, um, you know, at least, at least, at least that. Well, you I know, mean, you know. you know, he's he's tough, like mm -hmm. right. He's capable. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think he's probably um, thoughtful on making like good decisions. Like I don't see him doing like a lot of bad shit, mm -hmm. but he is kind of in that like, yeah, almost like cool to be introverted phase. He's getting you know? some of that, yeah, that's cool. Um, I got I got a question I, I, that I could throw at you guys, like uh, that's related to this. Yeah, This other thing I was like reading about, um, it was like, you know, if I could like break it down, it's like, so we've been having this conversation at my dinner table essentially. That's like again with the kids and and uh, with the girl about like what it, people, what she likes and what she doesn't like. I like that. I don't like that. Right. And this whole time I've been trying to like be like, well, you don't even know what you like. You know what I'm saying? It's that whole thing of like you haven't even tried it, and it's like eh, you know. Right. And then and then and so then it becomes so so the idea was the idea was um, uh, it was like that we have control of our likes and dislikes. The, the idea was from like St. Augustine, it was like the, the order of loves, it had some like uh, Latin word to it, you know, and uh, uh, order, ordo amoris or something like that. But it's like, it's kind of like the hierarchy of values. It was saying that the things we, we love, he's using that word as an attraction and um, like desire and things like that. Um, we should train ourselves to love certain things more than other things. So it's mm -hmm. like, you don't want to like pizza more than your girlfriend <laughs> or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you need to order those things in the right way. You got to put the most important things at the top, right? That's the basic idea. That person um, has ahead some of the pizzas. <laughs> you're like, like you get the situation know, where you actually get the girls all pissed. Uh, She's like, you're either coming with me or you're eating that pizza. <laughs> right. You're like, pizza. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah. But that means you don't care about that bitch. Right? <laughs> right? So your, your order is correct. Right? <laughs> So anyway, the, the idea is like um, <laughs> that, um, especially with kids, maybe we should um, help them like the right things. So another thing that the that uh, Jade brings up is like, well, I just like what I like. Everybody has their own opinion. You know, I don't like tomatoes. <laughs> Whatever it is, right? Um, and and then and then when I think about about Phoenix, I worry that the things he's starting to like is being in the basement, yeah, and video games and being online with his friends and um, 
being disheveled and things like that. Being, you know, like it's, it comes with the age. So like, I don't want to be like too judgmental about it. Yeah. I was there too. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was an interesting idea, like that you maybe even should for kids help direct them at to what they like. The idea was that virtue itself was having the correct order of, of values. Mm-hmm. You, you have that. You have if you, the more you have that right, the more virtuous you are because it like it's like the more right you are, it gives you strength. Things like that, like it gives you something. Mm-hmm. The more aligned you are, um, I mean, because you know he, he was putting it like the more aligned you are with God. That was his phrasing. But you got to at least say like putting the the most important things at the in the right pl- at the top, putting everything in its right place, mm-hmm. right? But that aspect of like controlling what you like and dislike, mm-hmm. and even like teaching that to kids. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think. Well, okay. So you look at Phoenix's case, right? I mean, he's pretty good at playing an instrument, mm-hmm. right? He's pretty good at jujitsu. He's pretty good at kickboxing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a pretty fit kid, right? right? Um, he's a considerate kid, so he doesn't just like you know, mm-hmm. mall people when he was working mm-hmm. with Ella, man, he was always super considerate. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, a nice kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, even artistically drawing and stuff, he's doing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. some art. Yeah. So man, he's well-rounded. So you, you look at it and you say, okay, well, gosh, he's got all of these things. He seems like he's an intelligent, you know, like thinker, like he mm-hmm. thinks about things. So then he's kind of missing you know, a couple like social elements, right? That would be where you say maybe that's like the biggest thing. So maybe playing in a band or being part of a team or something like that is like the component that might be missing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like he's more forced into an environment of social, you know, Mm in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. And I think like this goes back to at least what I'm trying to, to do is always look at things in a manner of, you know, a strategy, right? And so I was talking with a student earlier today and they were saying, you know, X is an uphill battle. And so I was kind of presenting it this way, you know, because she's talking about this problem, man, and it's, it's a tough deal, right? If you look at it as a tough deal, but I was saying, well, you want to have a battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just kind of chosen in an area that wasn't to your choosing, you know, so being an uphill battle. Well, so, so this is right? what I'm talking about. Like, so because you've chosen to love or like or value mm-hmm. conflict. Right. Yeah, I mean, so you've put that at a high level. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So in a way, you've chosen to like that. Well, you know and so, like, right. Was that a choice? Like, you know, right. I, you I know, think you train I yourself. To, you, exactly. You train yourself. train yourself just like we were like talking her. about. Yeah. What do you train, you know, your kids to like or, or right. encourage them mm-hmm. to like? Well, and so then what, what happens is then it's not that bad. You know, you know what I'm saying? Then it's like, okay, that's just mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. things are. And so when we talked, we talked, um, I don't know, a couple times, a couple podcasts ago and, you were saying that, you know, art and music can give you that same kind of missing component, right? And um, my belief is that it can't. And this is where I think the the samurai are the, the pinnacle of this. And that's that they were artists and they were scholars, but they were warriors. They, they 
legitimately, you know, made a profession out of dealing with conflict, right? But within that, they had these other components that balanced that conflict, that approach to conflict. And so then you're at least mindset, you might not have the, the skill set, you might be overwhelmed, whatever, but of, okay, this is a, this is a battle I got to address is much more, you know, of a doable, enjoyable, yeah, yeah. you know, I, so, good experience that you can learn from and, yeah, and grow mm-hmm. from. Yeah. I would put, <laughs> this is my first thought. I don't know if this is like, like, you know, um, because you like went at the you, you made it into like oh well the art and music and then the you know what I mean and then the, well no what I'm saying we, we talked I, about I, having that as a right battle and then arts and scholars yeah. we, this is a this is an ongoing conversation of ours right so you got the archetypes mm-hmm. um, can you have one without the other can, can one supplant the other one or mm-hmm. whatever what about this just on the battle aspect mm-hmm. so again talking about things as like a hierarchy um, you have like battle as in you fucking going at it with you know you're you're actually battling Mm -hmm. that's one level Mm -hmm. right but then my first thought was just because what we've been talking about is like i've had let's okay this is a good example i've had mushroom experiences Mm -hmm. where in my mind's eye at least Mm -hmm. whatever that is i've gone through like extraordinary battles of Mm -hmm. like the the good and evil (laughs) of the fucking cosmos and shit (laughs) right you know and so that's still a battle. Mm-hmm. When I bat, when I play music, it's always been a fucking battle. Mm-hmm. Playing guitar is a, every moment is a fucking battle. 100%. Every goddamn moment. 100%. You, know? you want to give up. It's like, ah, uh, you know, yeah. and you got to stay on. It's going to throw you off like a fucking bull. Or 100%. <laughs> I don't feel you like know? that. You don't feel like that, you know? Not at the slightest. Oh, man. I feel like it's like this constant struggle for me to like stay with the, the moment and things like mm-hmm. that. That's how I feel. That Everything is my experience. Everything else dissolves. Yeah. I can literally okay. just... Well, that's cool. There's no battle, but there's... Oh, you know, I don't want to get caught on that. <laughs> they're, they're, like, we're, all right. My right. battle is like with writer's block. Like, I legit, mm. like, mm. my battle is sitting and actually putting the pen to the paper. Like, right, I have to yeah. get through that. And then even getting, like, like, being able to actually dedicate to it. Sometimes I'll write literally a fucking verse and then I'm like, all right, that song's done and mm. I'd never come back to it. Like it, it never right. gets finished and So yeah. so so the point being that and and, and this doesn't like really you know, it doesn't necessarily like argue against this ongoing mm-hmm. conversation we've been having. Because mm-hmm. I do think what you it is obvious to me that having a physical battle mm-hmm. is a necessary element to like living life well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so as far as this archetype conversation goes mm-hmm. You know, I I sub, I submit to that. <laughs> um, but just the idea of the higher level of battle also includes all these other things. Yep. Right. So it's like the farther up and up and up you go, you 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 cover more area, um, and there might be some highest level of battle, which is some like. But it doesn't good matter the fight if, of good and evil. It doesn't whatever. matter if the foundation. Is weak. I'm saying the physical mm, is so, your foundation, yep. right? And if you if mm. you've got your physical, like Elon Musk, right? Yeah. If Elon Musk was a fat dude, he might still be a smart, but he's not going to nearly be as effective as Elon Musk as fucking you know mm-hmm. somebody who's physically capable, who who can physically deal with those mental. You know, fights that you My always got to deal with. with that. I, I do wonder though, because you have like, 
you know, fat fucks that like do amazing things in the Abs- world. You know? Absolutely, and, and it's that obsession but, thing, like we've but talked it's about. Then when they the get endurance. Obsessed. Do they have the endurance to mm-hmm. to stay with it? Do they self destruct? Right. Do they mm-hmm. when they meet you know a different type yeah. of adversity? Can they hang? Can look at COVID? I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of really fat, smart people that got fucking really sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but there's probably fewer. I would put mm-hmm. money on this. Yeah fit smart people that got as sick as the fat smart people so we are physical right (laughs) and this is what i'm saying is that i saw this a lot in traditional martial arts where people wanted to be these fucking japanese sensei masters so bad but again they're fucking quite a bit overweight you know it's like i have a tough time really buying into a portly you know master it's like okay i get it you know that you can harness whatever, and I'm sure there's been a couple in life. But, you can harness whatever. <laughs> you know. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Legit, I agree. it's I like agree. you got to have that yeah. that mm-hmm. physical. It, so again, I, for the, at least the the majority, there's always going to be the anomalies out there. But that's the thing; everybody wants to be the fucking anomaly that they're. Right. It's not an anomaly. Well, I so th- my intuition agrees with you. So what about this part of it? And I think that you, th- I would think that you agree, would agree with this, that we we relate to this. Um, this idea of like a renaissance type of dude that does a bunch of things mm-hmm. and is more balanced in his life than the obsessed guy. This is a, another ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. The obsessed person that they fucking play guitar 12 hours a day, yeah. you know, like every day. Mm-hmm. That's their life. They're at they're cooking eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had like times like that, but and I know people like that. Um, versus the like balance. And I'm more the balanced guy, yeah. right? I'm more like... I, I do a lot of things, mm-hmm. and you know, I had I had a piano teacher once, and on the cover of her like packet or whatever, she put um, one thing was you can never get any older, and then um, it was that whole master of none, master of you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, jack of all trades is a master of none was on her thing, mm-hmm. and again the the like the next phrase is but a uh, what is it so a ma- jack of all trades is a master of none, but a like a master of many is better than one or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I can never get it right. See, this is my quotes again. <laughs> but, but yeah, it is something like that. Right, right, right. And um, yeah, so my intuition is to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's... And maybe there's two ways. Maybe those are like two ways. Mm-hmm. Those are like two options, you know, that you could forego your physical in your obsession like i i met someone sure but it's only gonna be the it's only gonna be the very like minute people that do that you know what Mm. i'm saying like like in jujitsu history this is kind of a good story to show the importance of the uh the physical realm right and elio gracie so one of the founders of brazilian jujitsu right gracie jujitsu so the at least the story goes that he was a sickly, you know, kid and um, couldn't really practice or they didn't want him to practice because they were afraid he might get hurt, whatever that case is, right? And so he watched and he became very, you know, in tune to what was going on. Yeah, he like learned it, a ton just it, watching, yeah, right? It, it just made sense to him, right? And then, however, he projected that into... What he did, he got an opportunity to teach a student. And from there, 
he was able to to express it and bring mm-hmm. it. Weren't out. they like all surprised that he knew all the things that he knew? I think so. Like I mean, I right, think, and that's the the, 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 the legend and the right. the the lore around <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You know, and, and yeah. I don't know yeah. to to what degree it is, but it makes yeah. it, um, you know, it makes it profound, right? Mm-hmm. That that's how he was able to do that. But when you see photos of this man in his life, he's by no means a weak looking individual he's a very powerful individual he and it's not that he's like you know shredded and, and massive but there's nothing fragile that, you know he doesn't look fragile in any way shape or form i mean he looks mm-hmm. very um very imposing and so you know that's kind of like the backdoor way around that but still seeing that you know mental genius still understood that you had to fucking bring that base foundation into play to propagate that, you know, and make it grow. Mm -hmm. So I think that there'd be rare extremes, but I think the ones that would still take it further would be the ones that would understand that that both have to happen at the same time. I mean, I think it comes back to, again, the organizing, you're ordering your values best mm-hmm. the most aligned you can be because because we always have to sacrifice stuff mm-hmm. you know like you can't have everything right you can't there's like family time there's fucking mm-hmm. work time there's uh there's growth there's meditation there's spirit time right. there's fucking you know what i mean and and so sacrifices have to be made mm-hmm. so you have to say what's more important than what's what else and those things are really hard to tell and then it's a constant you know do you think Stephen Stephen hawkins like this would be an interesting mm, thing to, yeah. to think about. Do you think he would be more productive if he was not, you know, um, kind of... Disabled? Yeah, paralyzed, disabled. Had no um, body, much. Yeah, I mean, he, right. he had a disease so, that was... That's all you could do. Uh-huh. <laughs> but wasn't it a progressive disease? Yeah, I think it was pretty slow, too. Was, In his yeah. 20s, I think, is when it happened. Yeah. Like, pretty young. And, uh, yeah, and I think he was... Unmovable, immovable for like decades. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. I mean, would his contribution be greater if he was more on the physical capable, or did he reach heights <laughs> that you know you couldn't yeah. reach having the physical ability? Because right. now he's, he's, he's got to explore things in a whole different way. He's the total archetype of the brain in a jar. Mm. You know what I mean? He's just like, that's all he is, just the brain, you know? <laughs> Not to like diss him, like, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because that, that's the question. Is is he smarter because he's only a brain? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you know? Or the, the, you know? the brain took over. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe like when you're blind, you know, and all of a sudden your ears, have you guys seen the clicking guy? He's just like, yeah. this, little, this young black kid. I think there's a bunch of them nowadays, but he can ride a bike by clicking. He goes, <laughs> and he can hear the, oh, the echolocation, and he can ride a bike blind. And he can shoot baskets. Oh, really? He's and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people have called him something like that. So but, he's just so in tune to... He's, he's because, well, he trained himself, so I don't know if it... But you know how people say when yeah. your eyes go away, all of a sudden you hear so much more. Sure. I even heard recently, uh, what's his name, when he did uh, um, Ray Charles... 
Jamie, Jamie uh, Fox. Fox. Yeah. yeah. He said they, they actually like glued his eyes shut every day for 12 hours, right? <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, or they somehow kept them yeah. shut. And, and he said at one point he was like, I, I can't focus with that person fiddling with the pencil in the corner or whatever, you know? Um, and so he said it did raise that. So would it be that way with a brain too? Like if you can't walk, mm-hmm. would all of a sudden all of that energy <laughs> just go to the brain? Yeah. Right? And now you're like black holes and fucking <laughs> time travel and shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Think about that. Like that, that might be his way that he, you know, you wonder like, did he experience more than any of us ever would? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do we get consumed by our daily to-dos? I got to fucking get up and I got to go to work and I got to feed the kids and fucking, you know, mm-hmm. all of that shit. Mm-hmm. And that becomes your life. And then Stephen Hawkins is living in universes and mm-hmm. moving through time. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder time, what his day-to-day you know? life was like. Like, mm-hmm. what was he like? Yeah. You know? I mean, was he like, you know, we're assuming that he has like no emotions and like, <laughs> and he's just all day long just fucking. According <laughs> to that movie, he was fucking quite a bit during his like. Is that right? During like before the, the onset of that was it. Was that right? Like, okay. For the first nice. few years. What, I mean, what did he have? What? Wheelchair. It was like, uh, not ALS, was it? Like, is what, what? But it was a degenerative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I forget. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was neurological, whatever the fuck it yeah. was. But. Yeah. But. But he was pretty brilliant, like, before that, right? I mean, yeah, it yeah. was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like... I think he was, like, really good at soccer and shit, too. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an interesting question, though. Yeah, the body, would, you know, would there be a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah, that, you know, that kind of takes us back to that monk versus warrior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, similar idea, so yeah. does that guy who just follows the path and let's say the majority of his day is spent meditating Mm -hmm. does he reach those higher places right but as you're saying the body supports Mm -hmm. that so there's something like that too you know i don't know some of those aesthetics how about about the aesthetics how about that that the guys that like hold their arm up for fucking six months or whatever (laughs) until it like just (laughs) falls off Uh, or or they go out into the desert Uh or wherever and like don't move you know like start counting their steps every day so they like they don't kill any bugs you know what i mean they start like surviving off the dew of a leaf or whatever (laughs) yeah well there's i heard once this cool progression of like the jains in in india might be the oldest religion in the world um, some of their temples are wild. They're like the white ones covered with just like tons of sculptures everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're wild. Um, and they would do a thing where, you know, first you don't eat anything. Um, you don't eat meat first. And then, so it's all vegetables. Then you can't cook anything yourself. So then you have to be a beggar, right? So you only take the leftovers of other people. Then you like move to the forest and then you, you so you don't want to kill any animals. So you so you like sit for a certain amount of hours every day and then you make that less and less. So you take less and less steps every day and, and it, it moves further and further out of the body. It seems like it's like a, a you know, they starve themselves, they fast for, you know, incredibly mm-hmm. long periods of time and they like disregard the body. They almost say that through the pain of the body is how I like get up mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so, so that's a, another thing people do is, which I don't know though, because that's not totally separate from what I feel like 
what you think of that archetype mm-hmm. is also the um, uh, the pain and the struggle is also inside of that archetype. And that's what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. using extreme um, physical hardship to like uh, chisel themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elevate, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's similar because then again, there's that battle kind of archetype or something like that. Like they're, you know, you know, I don't know how, how, how have you done a long fast before? It is pretty tough. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it is like, and you're battling, you're like, you know, like I would go through every time I did it, you know, I've done a few four day ones, nothing mm-hmm. crazy. I did, maybe the craziest one is I did a four day one. And then before I ate, I did a bunch of mushrooms. That was fucking <laughs> That was like yeah. I, it was. That was hard to handle at first. I had to eat something. It was like way too much. I was like, I'm holding, you know, zzz, the energy was nuts. And then uh, we had made some uh, quinoa and like avocado. This one it was a dope recipe. I had like red onions in it. It was really good. And, <laughs> the and, uh, of your fast right, was at the meal. end. No, oh, okay. the end of the fast. This right. is after four days. Take mushrooms, and then it was like oh, a little okay. too much. Yeah. And so then we had made this beforehand, uh-huh. and so I was like, no, I need to eat something. This I can't. This is too. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. And the food it seemed like flesh like the quinoa looked like flesh and i'm like i felt like i was eating bodies what the fuck? <laughs> you know and it, and it had to do with that to me like because what happens is i feel like at least you know symbolically or whatever is you're going higher and higher out of the body it's like that's that spiritual thing and then the fasting does that to you it's like you get less and less connected somehow to that thing and i don't i don't like it i hate fasting Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing I was going to go to, though, is the struggle I have during the fast is that, you know, why am I doing this? You, you know, what's the point of this pain? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I go through that over and over and I feel like such a pussy because yeah. I'm like complaining the whole time, you know. Um, but it's a struggle, you know. Yeah. So so that's part of that aestheticism part is like is that aspect, you know, that to, to build the willpower to hold up your arm is insane. Yeah. Like, I doubt I could do that for like two hours, you know? Like, fuck this. Right. <laughs> I'm going to reach it another way, a more fun way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. A lot of people that do the crazy extremes, right? I think most yeah. most won't do it. And then probably most that do it aren't successful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's where maybe finding a, a road, you know, not the... Mm-hmm. That was the, the total slow road, but that one that's yeah. riding the line. Oh, so you see, that was you know, like the, kinda... the Buddhist thing was the middle path, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like the rich dude who had, you know, was fucking all his bitches in his harem. <laughs> and then and then he goes all the way to surviving off of one gram of rice a day or whatever. And then he was like, he's, he hears a musician playing in the water and the river. And, and they're tuning a string and the string breaks. And he's like, oh, I went too far that way that breaks the string. Too little, the string's not tight enough to make any sound. Mm-hmm. So you need like the middle, the middle path. That was his thing, right? right. The middle path, something like that. Mm-hmm. The middle path. Right. No. It's a good path to be on. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's an hour 12. Are you a middle pather or an extreme <laughs> pather? I don't know. I think middle pather. (laughs) (laughs) Or I try to. I don't know. Do I come off as one? I think you come off as a middle pather right now. I think before you might have been a little on the extremes. No way. (laughs) 
I was going to say, if I was looking at the burner on a stovetop, you're in, like, medium-high heat. I don't That's know. That's usually where I cook my food. I cook most of my food at medium. <laughs> Isn't that, like, the middle path? Right. That's, yeah. Right. That's yeah. Yeah, I usually feel like I'm not doing enough. Like, that's usually where I'm at. I'm too low. I cook too slow. <laughs> right. Slows you down. Still got runny eggs. cumbersome. Yeah. You feel you don't do enough stuff? Or, or not in the right way. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a constant thing. I'm yeah. never, it's never right. I'm never doing it right. Well, I think that's an art in and of itself, right? Is getting it... Like yeah. dialed because I do a ton of shit, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm all over the board. You know, yeah. it's like getting all that wrangled in is the uh, yeah, it's impossible. The right? Challenge. Yeah. Well, I just mm-hmm. haven't figured it out yet. Great, <laughs> 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 like two sides of that. Ah, oh, that's so great. Yeah, so and that's what's so cool about po- the positive perspective. Like, it is superior. I'm convinced that positivity is superior, but I just can't, like, t- to me, I'm, like, lying. I'm like, I can't just be like, you know, just, I'll figure it out. I'm not good enough yet or whatever. <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah, but it might not even be the time for you to figure it out, you know? Do that. Yeah. I mean, so as long as you don't, like, you know, fucking throw it out. Right. <laughs> Keep that possibility open. Yeah. Then, yeah. You know, I think it makes. <laughs> you know, I think I see. I think that there's so much of that for people is that they just fucking self destruct, right? Mm-hmm. That you mm-hmm. know, like everything's fucking negative, and then you look at this like media shit. What do you guys think about um, mm-hmm. Chris Cuomo? Did you guys see that? The mandate. No, the CNN anchor. That oh, the, oh, right. Okay, he was yeah, like their. Cool. He was like their boy. Right. Uh, he got shut down. Yeah, yeah. I heard recently this thing that like cancel. Like when I heard someone say, when the guillotines come out, everybody gets their head cut off eventually. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's like, at first it's the rich people, and then you know, or you know, and then it becomes you know down and down the li- the line. It's yeah. And then at the end, they're just like executing everybody. Everybody gets fucking yeah. their head cut off. Right. Yeah, those guys turn on one another pretty quick, I guess. Um, but that's just like the nature of the beast. Yeah. That cancel culture that or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're it's part of sacrifice culture. Right, right, right. It is. Like it is a feeding uh, of the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Feed another one to yeah. the fucking woke gods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's funny as fuck in the regards that, you know, you got these guys, especially like him, that man, are so biased in, in what they do and what they say. And then all of a sudden they get fucking bit by their own, you know, deal. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at Baldwin, you know, he's so anti gun and, you know, was this, it before? Him? Oh yeah. And Is he's that right? hardcore fucking, you know, progressive. It's like, well, one, I haven't been following if, that one as much. Yeah. Like he did a video, right? Like well, an apology. So this is like a single interview. action. Apparently he's got a documentary about it already. Yeah, is on Netflix, right? right? Yeah. I, I heard he was I mean, like... I've, I've heard it's like incriminating. Doc, the documentary thing is another <laughs> just weird shit. How they make all these weird documentaries nowadays that come out. But anyway. But they I, say that, that there's no way that that firearm could have fired without the trigger being, you know, squeezed. Mm, and he's saying he didn't yeah. squeeze the trigger. I he heard that. He, uh, <laughs> that it went off. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, see, I haven't been following that one that much. They're, people are like, well, it doesn't really just go off. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
So. Mm-hmm. And then the Smollett thing, how about I didn't that one? I think there was a camera rolling somewhere on that movie set. Right? <laughs> on the set? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point, right? And it's like in the scene. Can I mean, we just like see the video? That's a great point. Probably security cams. Right. got to be a little. Was it during the filming or was it like in between? Or I think they were doing like a rehearsal. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, she yeah. was maybe standing behind the. Uh-huh the thing okay but like this is the classic you know like not take any responsibility and i'm not you know i'm not saying that you know what happened happened but you you know i mean man you pointed the firearm you fucking Mm. didn't check it Mm. and then you're you know blaming you know like Mm. when they asked him directly if it was his fault and Mm -hmm. he was like you know, said, no, it's not his fault mm. at all. Hmm. Yeah, so, so it's that's this classic, that, yeah. you know, like, kind of push that Skirt blame wind, off, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to some something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Which is, <laughs> you know, I mean, mm. it's a pretty fucked up situation. But so instead of taking, so this was going to be my point, but this is the fucking lame liberal way of dealing with these problems. He was calling for all sorts of, you know, regulations. He's like, you know, um, I'll support any regulations to make sure this doesn't happen again. Well, it's like, well, what about just the foundations of checking the fucking right. weapon? Yeah, right? Everybody wants it to be like, oh, we got to change the laws right. and the rules and this can never happen again right. if, if fucking, yeah, if daddy can take care of but it. But like, like several people said, mm-hmm. several actors said that when you have a firearm, like that of revolvers, you point it yeah, down that. at the ground and you squeeze it, you know, six times six or however, times, whatever right. it holds. Yeah. And so, does that have to be written as a law for someone to abide by it? If it's already it the just, unwritten yeah. law, then he broke the law anyway. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? So, more laws don't solve the problem necessarily. Right. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody fucks up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But. See, that's so, the thing. When these guys fuck up, it's like, well, don't fuck up and tie our hands more. You know, if you need to create a different excuse, oh, right, right, right. create a different mm-hmm. excuse, but don't fuck everybody else in the process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get he might not want to own up to it, right. but at least don't mm-hmm. be like, we'll put regulations and shit like that. He might just say, fuck, we just need to make sure we have Good better training. firearms on right. the set. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. firearm was fucked up and right. misfired. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Sounds like more of that safetyism shit too, right? That you gotta, you know, make the world all safe with all the rules. You need enough rules to make to, so that we're all well, that, safe. Well, that's what know. fucking people. That's what when we started this conversation about, like, you know, experiencing tough things. That's what happens. Look at safety is what people like, you know, bite on, and so that's exactly out of intention, convenience, whatever, you know, the, the reason it's what has been done. And people have bit on to these stupid fucking ideas over safety. I mean, you can't even rationally like talk about why can I sit here and eat without a mask? But then when I walk over there, I got to have a mask on. And then there's other people sitting over there without masks on. 
That's yeah. one of the most nonsensical ones. Right. Yeah. Let's hey, you know, <laughs> do what well, you're supposed to do. Dance. Like, this is the rule. I don't know what to right. tell you. Right. Yeah, you have like, to dance to your table, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do a Shakespeare role. You have to say it. three Hail Marys. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So that's that whole thing out of fear. So I'm, I'm wondering now. I want you know, like. Uh, the, I don't feel like anybody wants to say anything about masks again, for instance. Like, I go into places and most people wear them for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and then some people don't, mm-hmm. and I haven't been. Nobody says anything. Yeah. They don't want to say anything. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the fucking police of right. COVID. Right. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like before, yeah. before I was, like, getting weird looks for not it was. a mask. It and, was. And now I feel, people, I feel like, aren't even really looking twice I feel like anymore. that, too. So it's like, yeah, how much of it is just the top being, like, panicking, and I have to do something, and da, 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 And we're all like, you know, this is you know, getting old, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> I felt that way, too. There was one day where I went into the grocery store, and I was, I think it was after podcast, and I was all stoned, and so I didn't put my mask on. Yeah. And it was like some peak time like early on when we were doing it and uh immediately someone who worked there was like do you need me to get you a mask you know that's how she approached it yeah. i was like oh that was smooth but now i got one like that was like a nice way to like you know to say something but yeah i feel that way too that nobody it's not like people don't really care anymore mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, i never got hassled once like, yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and i was always probably pretty you know like too high to really care if somebody was looking at me. <laughs> right. But, some looks, yeah, if anything, yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't get uh, hassled at all. Right. I've heard some people, like, dealing with, you know, kind of mm. the, the Karen right. model. There's some great, out. the COVID Karens on yeah. the videos are fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Did you see I, the guy I, that was, like, in Target and he's, like, doing one of these? Yeah. And he has a badge. He's, like, got a vax badge on. Or there was one with a guy <laughs> in a fucking Walmart and he, like, took a picture of this dude and his little girl and he, no joke, had, like, eight masks on his fucking face. Right. Like, all stacked on top of each right. other. Interlaced, like, in different yeah. directions. Yeah. And, and the guy, the guy that's filming is approaching him like why did you take pictures of me and my daughter his daughter's like 10 years old mm-hmm. and the guy's like I'll delete the photo he's like I just I'm trying to save my own life or some shit like that he's like <laughs> so fucking freaked out yeah. and then he makes like the store clear a pathway for him to leave the store <laughs> and he just goes running out the store wow. it's yeah. fucking crazy yeah it is pretty nuts um, yeah I, I do worry that like the with you hear about the new New York mandate that one uh-huh. right and it's like kids and everybody so like right now it's still kind of laughable and we can all be like everybody that's normal doesn't really give a fuck you know what I mean but I do wonder if things like that could come still dude you know the fucking rest of the world is you yeah, know Austria, staging Australia like, uprisings oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know but this is the, the fucked up thing a lot of these European countries you know were dogging Americans for their guns and for their you know attitude on things Mm-hmm. You know, pre-COVID, yeah. now it's like, yeah, see, what are you fucking going to do, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. going against well-armed mm-hmm. police and military and, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Australia seems like the worst with the cops going after people and shit. Yeah. It's in the straight up like, concentration camps? Like, yep. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then there, have you seen the, like, there's been, like, some, uh, like, propaganda from the camps where they have, like, hot chicks 
Like, you know, and they're like, <laughs> look how nice. No, they're, no, I, it's like, they're like, it's like, massages. They're like oh. showing, like, look how life is in the camp. And it's like a hot shake on the front You're porch. Fucking yeah. <laughs> no, there's a few of them. On, a, tre- like, on a treadmill <laughs> running or a right, totally. exercise bike exercise. sweating. I actually yeah. saw one where this chick was running around and she, this is, she's like, this is how it actually is here. And she's like, I do my exercise every day. People were doing their laundry out front on their patio like laying out some clothes and shit mm-hmm. and she was like you know she wasn't saying it was great or nothing but it was like a video from there but that'd be a way great. to get all the dudes to surrender themselves <laughs> <laughs> have like just you know it's nice in here right? yeah yeah i don't have to work running. anymore <laughs> right. every okay. two weeks they'd be coming back i think right. i came in contact with somebody yeah. i heard those that they just like it's like a piece of bologna on like white bread it's like your lunch or whatever right you know? that's just the draw yeah. to get you in <laughs> right. like sorry uh, there was one reason like three kids escaped one of those camps um, they like climbed the fence. Did you hear I about saw, that? I uh, saw one about a, like an older man escaping one of okay, them. Okay, right. And the cops were like fucking searching high and low for him all through the city. Right. Get him back. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> now, there was one like Crazy. giant like countrywide search for some dude. He was like public enemy number one, taxi driver <laughs> right. that has COVID or oh, whatever. Shit. Some shit like Escape that. Escape the COVID camp. <laughs> <laughs> the voluntary COVID camp. Like, how is that not concerning how do you not it's not covering it so it's like well you know i i told you guys i had that one conversation with this lady at that just like i was like oh that's what people think so i was like it's crazy the australia stuff right and she's like i think it's a good idea (laughs) and i was like what (laughs) and she's like because they should not they should you should not have any deaths Mm-hmm. Why have any deaths? A little bit of, you know, you got to make everybody right. a little bit of that, and nobody's got to die. You know, it was so. Yeah, that's that's the view. Because if, if you know, I think those people can't understand the the slippery slope thing. What's actually being sacrificed? I don't think they. You know, what I mean, I don't think because it's like uh, it's like tracked on your phone. I'm not doing anything that bad anyway. You know what I mean? It's like one of those. It's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Right. You know, like, oh, you know, you know. That's, but that's that fucking selling yourself out for safety, security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think most people are going to do that. I just think that's the way it's been throughout like history. And I wonder and more so because we're like, so we have it so easy here. Yeah, right? absolutely. I wonder if it's 100%. more so. But, but I, it looks like all these other countries are doing it too. This is the yeah. only thing that I say is that you guys sell out for your safety, but don't sell out everybody else. Let them still function. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you want to mask up? Great. Even if we go like mm-hmm. we're maskers fucking solicit mask, you know, businesses and non-maskers and people who don't, you know, mm-hmm. do that, go to another business. I don't care. But you know, these mandates and all of this fucking forcing kids mm. to get vaccinated. Yeah. I, it's heard, like, I heard in New York, it was like crazy. Like 15% of kids are vaccinated. 46% of black people, 60% of Hispanic people. And I think only like 50% of white people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like half the state is like not, or the however big it is, yeah. is not vaccinated. And yeah. then now they can't even go into stores anymore. Is that, I heard that. Yeah. Like something like that, right? Yeah, de Blasio is. Anywhere, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not even like I heard like outdoor, outdoor bodegas. You can't even, you know, you have to have a fucking vax card. Right. They're trying that. to, that's the thing. They're trying to squeeze <laughs> you into right. something that, again, it's like. It's crazy, though. Dude. That many people, you're going to like. Did you see Trevor people. Noah finally? Yeah, that was interesting. Kind of criticize shit. Uh, that was, yeah. That was 
fucking great. They caught a bunch of flack for it. Yeah, caught a bunch of flack for it. But fuck, man, it's like how many do these guys have to, Mm -hmm. like, three times now? And I still have friends and people like that that, you know, brag about getting their booster. And it's like, well, how many more are you going to fucking brag about? I wonder. It's an interesting question, actually. After five or six, are more and more people going to be like, eh? Like Bill Maher, he's like, I already got mine. Fucking get off my back, whatever. Yeah. I, do you think more and more people that'll happen to? I, I wonder. I think. Or do you think the opposite? I think maybe it's just the some small amounts will kind of shed off, but uh-huh, right. I think there's those people. Like that once you're committed, fight, you're like, yeah. I'm committed. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe in this. Even right. the first one didn't work. The um, second one <laughs> didn't work. This third one, yeah. it's Eric, gotta Eric, work. Uh, <laughs> Eric Weinstein did a Twitter like vote voting thing and it was like uh, how long will these mandates and stuff last you know and it was like six months two years and everybody was saying forever <laughs> it's gonna be forever or whatever it's just like the new normal so it's always gonna be masks I wonder what I think is like early on in the pandemic mm-hmm. I think I was even overly exaggerating what the world would turn into. I was like, are they even going to use office buildings downtown anymore? Yeah. <laughs> which, how I felt too. You know, which things yeah. are going to are going to change? Because yeah. like so many people are like, why was I there? Mm-hmm. If I could do everything on Zoom, then what's the mm-hmm. fucking point? You know, but so maybe I also like tend to over exaggerate how. But it's hard to tell, right? Tell the future. Like things keep going past where you I would have thought. You know, as far as like what the states intervening and all that stuff. Right, that keeps going, you know, and, and how long has it been? And Think about I mean, the work the habits point? and shit that's changing. Did you see that um, uh, dude who, like, fired 900 employees on a Zoom um, meeting? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so got all of these employees on this Zoom meeting, was, you know, saying whatever, and then told them that as of that moment they're all terminated. Because of vaccines or what? No, what because, just- like... There's there's different, you know, I guess mm. differ, differing opinions on it. But in some instances, you know, they're saying, like, people are only working two hours a day. Okay, you know, so they're kind there's of a lot cutting of, off. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like office so space, trimming. don't they, like, in office space, like, go on another room on a screen and they, like, fire everybody, like, from the other room? Don't they do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't? Okay. No, but they <laughs> do downsize in office space. Right. I yeah. thought they, like, did it all on the screen because no. it would be easier. <laughs> it <laughs> would be. Yeah. Yeah. And then do everybody at once. Everybody, yeah. sorry, your box of stuff will be He does make you. a joke about... Uh, you should fire on a Friday, so let's right. answer them. And I think they do the that. Building or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like an actual thing. Like, yeah. Justin, can you please come into the office? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Friday shit. <laughs> you think everything's are going well, and then it's right, right around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, on the flip side of that, it's like, man, a lot of people, you know, you look at employers who do kind of shitty things, but a lot of employees are kind of shitty too. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a... Uh, and we all have it so easy now and everybody mm-hmm. wants to make money on TikTok and they're like, why do I have to? And then everybody will like me and, you know, yeah. and so it's like people want to work less and less. Yeah. Maybe they have less skills. Everybody goes to some stupid liberal arts college and don't, yeah. don't know how to do anything. Right. I did. I get you, man. <laughs> I mean, I also got a degree in like music, but yeah, I did that shit. Yeah. I think um, a lot so of I people wanted that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. We all want to, because we know like self-employed that whole thing yeah is like dope so there's a lot more people trying to do that yeah Yeah, it's just i think the problem is it goes with that change too fast you know i think that 
Because I've never wanted to work a nine-to-five job. I mean, imagine it, it would be, to me, like death to be driving downtown every fucking day and then driving back, you know. Every morning you go down, every evening you come back, same, you know, like prearranged routine. That being said, not everybody can just quit that shit at once, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And again, but you like sacrifice people, some things, yeah. you know, like you could, you know, not make a lot of money and live with less. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to do that. If you want more, you got to maybe get one of those jobs. Yeah. Or you know. figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing, because most people aren't going to figure it out. But mm-hmm. what I want is I want the chance. I don't want people to, you know, destroy that opportunity. And that's like when you talk about capitalism, it's the only one that guarantees you a chance. Mm-hmm. Everything else is like, man, if you're not in the know, if you don't have an in already, right. good fucking luck. I thought, I thought today, you know, another bonus benefit from being self-employed, which we all are pretty much, right, is those mandates don't apply to us until it's like totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until then, yeah. I mean, you run a business with a place, so you got a little bit of that. But, but that's know. why, you know, one of the big reasons why I haven't really brought anybody new in because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't trust a lot of people right now. And, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Plus, man, you know, hey, to each his own, but the, the compliance is hard for me. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I look at people wearing masks with disdain. I really I do, now do now too. I don't even you know? mean to. I like yeah. drove by someone outside, a kid. Yeah. Fucking, he's like 20 <laughs> and he's outside with a mask. I so wanted to yell out the window. I mean, I would never Take do that. Take your fucking mask <laughs> off, kid. I would just be like, why? Are you afraid of the air? You know? I saw a guy this morning when I was driving to Gary's and this guy's pants were literally like, his ass cheeks were hanging out and it's like, it was like freezing, you know, it's like less than 40 degrees at the time or some uh, shit and, He's got a fucking mask on, like the blue mask, not like he's got a, like if it's a face covering, I could understand because right. it's like, it's cold out, maybe he's just staying oh, warm, right. yeah. but he, he had like the shit flimsy uh-huh. blue one and his fucking ass cheeks are hanging out. I'm like, <laughs> I wish I had You're covering the, the wrong side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That chin diaper needs to be. Yeah. 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 Like I had a friend that recently posted and. You know, I don't really go to his place much anyway, right? Um, I mean, rarely, but it just kind of solidified why, you know, I won't go back at least for a while. And that's, you know, when um, they reissued this fucking stupid mask mandate, what, a week and a half ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, well, we got to do it for our safety. It's like... Look, if you say, man, I got to do this because I got to stay in business. Mm. Okay, I get mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. fuck that stupid ass mm-hmm. for our safety. And so so when how, much, say how, much, that when, how much when people say that? Yeah. How about like, so the other thing that's going on, have you guys seen, um, this is great. Um, who, ah, fuck, see, I suck at names. I should not have you on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a comedian. He was the stoner on, uh, in, in um, Dave Chappelle's movie. Um, half baked. Uh, uh, fucking. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The comedian? Yeah. Jim. Uh, Jim Brewer. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Um, he's got a great bit. Like, he did, like, it might be a year ago now, um, about the whole. He, he makes everybody that's. Everybody's a parrot. Mm-hmm. And. and <laughs> two masks. Forgot, forgot. <laughs> double. G, you know, and like how everybody, you know, cross state lines. 
Oh, I saw this. Bit. A, yeah, 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 yeah. And and how everybody just and, he, and he's good at acting like animals, so he yeah. acts like a pair. It's great. Um, but uh, so how much when someone says that, are they actually even thinking that? Yeah. And how much are they just like repeating? I don't know what that is. That's one of the more creepy mm-hmm. things about everything that's going on. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you guys have, do have any of you like heard about the NPC theory, like the non-player characters? Okay, go on. I, I like these. Though. I've heard some of that. I don't, I don't know. I, I I haven't like gone too far into it, but I, it's the way my brain's thought before. So yeah, then, yeah. like when I heard that other people thought about the same thing, it kind of mm. tripped me the fuck out. But it was like a movie that just came out that Phoenix saw that the guy, the uh, head guy with Selma NPC. Hayek and fucking Owen Wilson. <laughs> okay, it's uh-huh. a really fucking good movie. I don't oh, know if that that's it? the same movie okay. he's talking about, but yeah. it was on uh, Amazon, and I was like. Thoroughly surprised. They're like an it, NPC. It, it, like that's the theme of the movie. Right, that, like they're right. like actual players, right. and it's it's like the Matrix. It's like a similar okay. kind of concept, yeah, yeah. you know, where like the people in the Matrix don't know they're in the Matrix, and some people are aware. Mm. Except in that movie, uh, it's like only certain people are like technically real, and everybody else is kind of just right. programmed into. Right, they're the, all amp- actual NPCs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like somebody. Somebody was like filming from a football stadium, and was just like, "How could it be possible that there's this many different consciousness and things?" And mm-hmm. and you see like waves of people that all seem like they're programmed like the <laughs> fucking Sims or yeah, some shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Do you know like, what NPCs are? It's like it's like if you're playing a video game, there's like the main character which you're controlling, mm-hmm. and then there's like all these programmed characters that are just automated, and they're just so there'd be a guy do... like behind a counter, and he just sits there like this, yeah, until you like talk to him, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. Turns and then, and then he activates, <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's, yeah. So like the theory is that like there's a percentage of the population that's just kind of falls in line with whatever the the order of things yeah. is and they're just kind of programmed to go along and they just kind of fill space so you're saying the theory is that there's, most people Dude, are NPCs is it, that, that's what you're saying okay <laughs> but seriously yeah. I was, that's how I must feel. be safe yeah. we must help everybody yeah. to be safe yeah. <laughs> I was in Costco with Aaron one time right and this was pre-pandemic and you know they got all the samples out and I'm like stand back look and you just see it's like Little ants going from each <laughs> trial station to each. You know what I'm? It, right. it was quite a yeah. phenomenon. You got big baskets, and you know it's just this like robotic, thing yeah, robotic thing, thing yeah. of you know what does Ilya call it? Like uh, excessive, like um, Consumer something consumerism, something. yeah, mm. like uh, excessive modern consumerism, post consumerism, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. mm. but. It is. It's like, because even if you're not buying something specific, you're consuming what's being told. It's like people are walking around with their mouth yeah. open and just, ah, you know, <laughs> eating yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever's coming their way. Right. And, yeah. you know. And same with news. The same idea. Only eyes, or screens. Just like, right. <laughs> right. Instagram and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope that I've, uh, I'm not in that realm. You know, I try to, like, consciously question that you know um last week i went on a pretty good mushroom trip hiked into this valley it was badass just surrounded by these fucking mountain peaks and um it was cool no one else was around it was windy as fuck in there and um you know just a cool place to you know ask yourself you you know what i'm saying to find out are you fucking like fucked up are you really you know like 
looking at this in a, in a wrong perspective. And so I think it's good for people to, you know, question that every now and then to, to reevaluate and be like, man, is that, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, is that what you're doing? Like I, I literally a while back, um, somebody was talking about a narcissist, right? And I was like thinking, I'm like, fuck, am I a narcissist? So I've literally read multiple books on narcissism and, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, like manipulation and things like that to see if like it was being directed and am I subconsciously, right. you know, doing stuff like that. And so, I mean, I, I came to a conclusion that I wasn't right. But if you don't question yourself in different ways, you know, whatever might be that kind of experience that's happening and challenge what your your belief is then you never really know if you're on the solid footing right you you might be on fucking shaky ground and even though you might not have the right answer i think it still propels you in a right decision you know or a right direction mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. until you can kind of figure out what that answer is or you just fucking die along the way but at least you're you know what I'm saying? In pursuit of what that is. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to that whole, like, then do you really have a bad day? At least in free modern America. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're in prison, I'm sure you're having shitty days. Or if you're caught up in something like that. But if we're not in any kind of real mm-hmm. deep, you know, like, thick of it, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't see how people can really have that bad of days if you understand that it's like it's part of the fucking experience mm-hmm. unless you have my brain <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm help I'm <laughs> that would be such an interesting experiment to just, just watch you guys experience the other one's view like lens just very nice you know put on if we can put up VR goggles I'd just be like ah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually I gotta go gotta go ride my bike <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you though, that's <laughs> that's part of it. That's part of it for sure. Yeah. I wonder if it would be like Eric's just like the pineapples aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He would get all skinny and he would start drawing more. And then I'd be like getting all shredded and beating your guys' ass all the time. Like my arm bars would be solid. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Like how how if if I put your brain in my brain. How much better would my jujitsu actually be? Because I couldn't control my body in the way you can. You have mm-hmm. all the neuron, all, all those connections. You have that. Mm-hmm. Weights, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, you, yeah. yeah you, I mean. But but it's the perspective, right? I mean, <laughs> you would have that. You would have strategy. Yeah, I remember um, like GSP made a fight pyramid, mm-hmm. and at the top was strategy, and then yeah. he had like technique, and then he had like uh, strength. But see, here's that. the thing, though, man. This is like what you got to look at is that I think a lot of people incorrectly look at what the other person might have as being you know somehow a deficit for them you you know like whereas your thought process would never align with the way that i see things the way that i approach things Mm -hmm. so you know you got to look at instead of something like that what's then the hang-up keeping you from you know, experiencing that level that's going to apply to you, though. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. um, I mean, you go deeper, way more, like, mm. across, crossing those thresholds than I do, right? I mean, 
there's probably never been a time when I've practiced the the smallest detail on a technique like you would, you know, probably make the smallest detail on know. you know true. playing um, uh, an instrument. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something. true. Though. I don't know yeah. if that's true. I think like you know if I'm still thinking about switching brains or whatever. It, once I was in your brain, mm-hmm. like I bet your body would be doing most of the work anyway. You know, your training is is embodied. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So all those little details are, are all those things. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, all of that stuff is is the same thing as like a little paintbrush or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so you have learned all that stuff. But it's but again, it's all learned still on physicality. Physicality has always been my anchor. It's always been mm-hmm. in everything that I've done. But again, though, you but, know, but your jujitsu is super strategic. It, it's you good, know, you're but like, it's you're like but always like put a, against somebody who's like, um, let's say, like a Ryan Hall build, right? Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. little skinny dudes that, if they're not super slick, then they're just going to get killed. So you know, then super, those guys are super. Yeah. Slick. So then or, you take it woman, to a, for instance. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Then you take it to so another they have level to get more slick. that mm-hmm. it's like okay, mm-hmm. you know, I get to ride. A certain point but then there's a certain point where you know there's still most people won't make it to that level right it's not anything of me being good it's just time in mm-hmm. right but then the ones that make it to that level are already fucking mm-hmm. inching up if they it's such a great there's another yeah. great long conversation it's like you could have a person who has more more natural physical ability mm-hmm. and they can tap people let's just say let's say tapping people's the the measure mm-hmm. we're talking about and then you got this other Ryan Hall type physically less uh, you know uh, you know not as strong mm-hmm. not as big not as you know they have to learn uh, a little bit more but yeah. but um, they can stay at the same level though you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's not to say that one's better than another necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I guess the 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 lack, like the the Ryan Hall type are saying, mm-hmm. because of the physical lack, um, is is a um, an attractor towards learning more, right? Because if you can always just power something, then you'll just power it, mm-hmm. right? Big guys, you know, supposedly their jujitsu is just not as slick or whatever, yeah, right. But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to tap more people. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't, know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Because, like, you got, like, what it makes me say, you know, that type of idea makes me want to go, oh, well, then it's better to be deficient. Mm-hmm. Or it's better to have less. Or it's better to well, have weakness. Or, if, you know what I'm saying? If, if you can take it to that level. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. Most people can't. Most people aren't going to have, most people you, aren't going to have think, my endurance. Don't, and you, don't, you know what I'm saying? And, of staying with it. For as long and as wouldn't I have. you need more time? Wouldn't you say like if you could be a build mm-hmm. and you can be tapping this? You know, you're fucking yeah. six four and you know, big. You know, Gordon Ryan. Yeah, you two tapping people just because of that and yeah. some athleticism. Right. For that, for for someone my size and and type to get up there is mm-hmm. going to take much more time. Yeah, absolutely. Right? The hours got to be there. Absolutely. Right? Or or the approach, right? I mean, right, the something special is going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be the commitment to it of the time mm-hmm. or maybe it's going to be everything. It's going to be the luck of being at that one moment where that one instructor says something that just clicks and it's mm-hmm. the the door, you know, the, the key to the door that just opens up your, your mm-hmm. perspective or whatever. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of things that, come into play yeah, it's, it's hard to figure that, all that stuff out that yeah. gets you to that point the the problem is like people they're impatient and so they get to 
even if they get to that point and nothing happens, they get stuck. This is why I say I've never experienced in my time training a plateau that I can recall. Mm-hmm. But it's because I've never been so concerned with getting to a certain point that all fixation was on that particular point. And that's where I don't think that I'll ever be as good as, you know, like my buddy Steve in jiu-jitsu. He's just so focused on jiu-jitsu that, you know what I'm saying, that level of focus is probably not something that I could put that much time in given all mm-hmm. the other things, you mm-hmm. know, that you do. And so, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. It's fun to think about that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's almost two hours. What did you guys think of the Prada Jam? Heavy. You didn't really talk a whole lot. Because <laughs> I got really high. Anything. Yeah, I got really high. All right. I was just listening. And that joint worked really well, too. It was, like, so loose. Or, I mean, there's just the right amount yeah. to, like, get big hits. So, yeah, you're yeah. the new joint roller. <laughs> it didn't well, roll that, or it didn't run at all that time, either. It was the other one will go around more, though, because you get, like, a little less... You know what I'm saying? Boy, I got you know? fucking blazed with those hits. You take a few big hits yeah. and you're like, yeah. but it kind of settles in though. It yeah. wasn't like hitting me right away. Oh, it was yeah. an onslaught for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I, got right really yeah. I got really jittery. I got really jittery. I got a little jittery. I there. wanted to go yeah. out and like almost like it was I cold. Yeah. 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 All right, Prada Jam. It's your friend. Yeah. Later.